Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jules Savage, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This is episode 258 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, we discuss, is age a barrier to hiking? We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Australian life expectancy has changed over the last century and with it our attitudes and views towards what is old and what can old people do. One of the things from my perspective that I've always found is that there are assumptions based around people's age and not just old age, which is the the main topic of this podcast, but there's also assumptions around differing age groups and age brackets that people are expected to follow as they progress through their life. But in this episode, we're going to focus on the impacts or the views that society has towards aging and what that means for us as hikers. Now, as I mentioned, that the life expectancy of the average Australian has changed since 1900s. And in fact, the average male life expectancy in 1900 was 55, whereas now in 2023, it's just on eight years, uh, with women enjoying an additional four years on top of that. Because we can. (laughs) As I get older, I'm becoming increasingly annoyed at the societal expectations and how I'm supposed to behave. Uh, And I must admit... Whoever came up with the term over 50 assisted living uh, needs to be taken out and shot. Oh, Tim, Uh, don't say that. (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, and and again, you know, if you're talking about in the 1900s where your life expectancy was 55 years of age, yes, I think, you know, you're talking about the last five years or so of your life and that's not unrealistic. But these days, you know, 50-year-olds have got – uh, at least on average, 30 years to go before they, they they reach the supposed end of their life. Yeah, and I think there's a, a very different, I mean, obviously we're healthier and we eat better and we look after ourselves uh, better um, than perhaps people did in the past. And perhaps it's also because we haven't had some of those extreme experiences that perhaps older people today have but I agree. I mean, the the 50s isn't old. Um, and I do remember when my grandparents were in their mid-60s and um, I was young, they, they were old, they acted old, um, and also they had injuries and frailties uh, that I just don't see a lot of people in their mid-60s having today. So, you know, you can see the difference in terms of what people were and what they are at a particular age. 
Um, and yeah, I just, uh, it, it's a really interesting one, isn't it, about the perceptions um, that we have about ageing? And I suppose starting off uh, from early life, you know, the, the expectation is we'll go to school, we'll leave school and either get a trade or get a job or go to university. Then we're expected to get married, have kids, buy a house. Maybe um, not buy a house anymore. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, and and then you know we we the, we the kids go off to off off and, and do their own thing, and and then we're expected to slowly ease ourselves into a more sedate lifestyle. Into uh, into invisibility, I in, think, in, is probably the 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 expectation. Uh, and yeah, and, and yeah, and as we as we get older, you know, we're expected to go into a retirement situation of some sort, whether it's a retirement home or whatever, and we're expected to need a lot more help than we would do earlier on. And while this may be true of some individuals, and again, there's nothing wrong with the expectations that society place on us, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily the only route or path that we have for us. One of the things that I found uh, with my mother who passed away around about five years ago was that um, she was a very active individual as an adult and uh, as she aged, she just stopped doing anything physical and became very frail because of that. There were some circumstances um, surrounding that though, wasn't there? I mean, she did um, have a couple of falls. Um, uh, Some of her friends that she used to walk with were unable to walk anymore, so she walked less. Um, and then that just kind of compounded into, um, you know, more frailty and more falls. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, but it's you know, certainly you look at medical science these days, they're, they're now saying that uh, a loss or a lack of physical exercise and activity is a, a contributor to things like uh, uh, the brain diseases, Alzheimer's and others. Uh, and again, it's just something we just tend to do. We become more sedate. Uh, as we get older, as as a generalisation, it's almost like a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. You know, we we do start having more falls as we get older, but because we we stop doing any exercise and lose that physical fitness. From an ageing perspective, what is actually old? And again, if you ask a teenager what old is, they'll probably say people in their late thirties are, are old. And yeah, and everyone has a different view of what that is. I had somebody who uh, told me recently we um, maintained. A friendship uh, following having worked together, and recently they said to me that uh, when when we met, I was in my mid forties, and they thought that was so old. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why they were telling me that now, but anyway. <laughs> so again, you know the the perception about age is is a societal thing. Uh, and as I said, they're going going back to the over fifties assisted living. You know, the assumption is that you get to an age where you need a bit of help because just because you turn fifty. Uh, and as I said, that might have been true 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But these days, fifty is by no means old. Um, but it does depend on the individual. It depends on the medical conditions people have. And this was another thing that did surprise me. I go to a doctor reasonably regularly. Uh, and one of the funny looks I often get is the question they asked is if I go to a new doctor, what medications you're on because I am over 50. And they seem really surprised when I say nothing. Uh, the assumption seems to be that if you're over 50, you are on at least one medicine on a permanent basis, if not multiple medicines. 
It's an interesting question because um, I've been asked that question too. And when I say nothing, no prescription medicines, the quest, the, the sort of follow up is, are you sure? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I got myself here and I can answer these questions. So, so it is that people don't believe it. And, um, you know, they, the person that's asking me the question is kind of a similar age. And I'm just thinking, this is a, this is a weird thing. A lot of people often talk about, you know, 40, 50 is the new 40 and 60 is the new 50. And I think that's the thing. We've, we've gotten to a stage where our medical uh, health profession is keeping us fairly healthy. We are living typically healthier, uh, more active lives as a generalisation. As I said, our lifespans are getting longer, which should mean that we should be able to maintain a level of physical activity for much longer as well. Well, it's an interesting one because, you know, the, out of the, uh, the top 10 chronic diseases, uh, Australians aren't faring too well. On, on average, about 30% of the population has two or more of them. So, you know, that's not, that's not a good look. We're not as healthy as we'd like to think, um, but it does seem to be that there's a, you know, a, a, a big divide between those who are really healthy um, and the, those who are suffering from those um, chronic diseases. So I think it's rather than talking about age specifically, I think it's more about talking about the individual and saying what is the individual capable of. Just because you happen to be a certain age doesn't mean that you've got to go and sit in a chair all day and watch TV. I do that now, but that's a, that's a choice, not because I necessarily uh, uh, feel like I, I. that's what I have He's to looking at me waiting for me to <laughs> point out the fact that, yes, he does <laughs> stream a lot of TV, a lot of, a lot of shows. So I think the whole concept of, you know, when is it too late to start hiking, uh, it probably comes in through here. And I think over 2020 to 2022 in particular with COVID, a lot of our exercise ability was curtailed, but we did have the opportunity, even if, uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't seem to matter what city or town you lived in, that you were at least allowed to be within a certain distance from home and could get out and about and walk around the neighbourhood. And that was one of the biggest things that I noticed uh, because I continued to walk to work because we were allowed to do that uh, in our city, and when when we weren't in lockdown, uh, but certainly um, I, I noticed so many more people getting out and walking, even if it was just around the city. And when I went out bush, uh, which during the earlier lockdowns we were allowed to do, uh, there was so many more people out and about than what I would normally expect. I don't think those numbers have continued, though. Um, so my observation is that, you know, we did see people out and about because they couldn't go and do other things. Um, and so they were in the streets and they were in our local reserves. Now, I'm hopeful that they've kept up some other kind of activity um, and they might be doing different kind of activity, but I'm not so sure that that's necessarily the case. Now, hiking in itself is a best described as a low impact sport. I mean, you're not it's not like running where you've got a your body weight impacting on your legs as you're hitting the ground. Uh, really, walking is probably about as low impact as you get, unless you're carrying a really heavy pack. But if you manage your pack weight, if you choose the location and the walks that you uh, you do, uh, potentially it has 
a relatively low impact on your body as such. And it's it's a, a good in, impact as well because you're not stressing your heart if you potentially have a heart condition. You know, your joints are generally good, although certainly from my perspective, walking downhill is not my favourite thing. So it, it is a good exercise to continue on, even if the the more impactful sports become less available as you do get older. Now, as far as the impacts on hiking is concerned, uh, and there are pros and cons here, I certainly know that when I was in my 20s, any injuries that I tended to get, I tended to heal fairly quickly. Uh, I was probably at my fittest uh, when I was in my late teens, I think it's all uh, downhill yeah, from it's here. It's all downhill. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know when I was around about seventeen years of age, I had four percent body fat, uh, and I was doing a huge amount of exercise on a regular basis, uh, just with all the sport and activity that I was going through and doing. As I've gotten older, the team sports have pretty much disappeared. They become a hard thing to sort of maintain, but certainly, again, hiking and walking is something that you can do by yourself. You don't have to do it necessarily with other people. And uh, it's the ability to keep on walking and keep on hiking uh, is one of the pros. So apart from my ability not to heal, so if I do injure myself on trail, it does take me a bit longer to recover. And I suppose I have also got, uh, I've noticed over the last five years or so, when I did the Bibbulmun track in 2018, that was a you know a thousand kilometres over five weeks. Uh, I was walking at speeds uh, with a fully loaded pack, roughly at around about four and a half to five kilometres per hour, day in day out. I found that really easy to maintain. Uh, although I'll be honest, I, it took me until about the third week until my fitness had really reached its peak on that hike. These days, I don't walk as fast. Uh, I've never been the fastest walker. There's always been a lot of younger people in particular who will always pass me on trail. How's your limp going, Tim? <laughs> and that, those of you that would have seen me, any videos of me walking will notice that I do have a limp. But this is because of a series of injuries that I've managed to collect all over my life. and It's uh, taking a long time. <laughs> it's taking a long time, but I'm sort of working out what I need to do about that. And, and in some respects... Uh, it's also psychological, if you like. I find that I have less of an issue with the limp when I've got a fully loaded pack because I'm forced to put the weight on my right leg, whereas when I don't have a pack on or a weighted pack on, I tend to favour my right leg and put all the effort into the left. So it's something that yeah, I'm working on, I'm working with, and certainly as the, the more I learn of what I need to do to maintain that, the easier it does become. Although, as I said, it is obvious if you look at me walking that I do have a limp. The other thing from a plus side is um, while I can't walk as fast, I can generally maintain a steady pace over multiple days. So I know that uh, when I've been doing something like the Bibbulmun track, people would often go past me during the daytime, but I'd catch back up with them later in the day because I tended to do longer days. Uh, so, you know, not as fast, but walking for longer. And that's certainly, I found that the, my endurance is quite good in that respect. It's an interesting one. You've talked about your fitness and your ability to keep going. Uh, for me, as I get older, there has to be a point. And that mental connection with what you're doing is much stronger for me than it, than it ever was. And uh, if there isn't a point to being here, to doing this, 
I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'll bail. It's yeah. not because I can't or I don't think I can. And it's, it's just why. why. Why would I do it? So I think that's something as we get older, and I must agree on that respect, that you know, for me, time is a very valuable resource. And if you if you aren't enjoying what you're doing, um, you know, there has to be a purpose for, for being there and doing that, uh, whatever, whatever the activity happens to be. On the plus side, I think one of the things, so apart from a, an endurance perspective, which is something I've certainly built up over, over my life, I think I've certainly built up more experience over the years. Uh, I've got more knowledge about hiking than I would have had 10, 20, 30 years ago. I am able to find the easy ways of doing things. I've got my, my gear dialed into a point where I'm not carrying things that I don't need to be carrying. So I'm putting less stress on my body as a result. So I think in that respect, I'm able to make whatever hike I happen to be be doing as efficient as I possibly can. And as a result, not because I'm babying my body, if you like, but certainly I'm conscious that I need to be wary of what I'm doing, uh, taking my time and making sure that I am getting through whatever hike I'm doing in the easiest way that I possibly can. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's not it's not about being easy or making it easy it's a it's a little bit about being smart about it for me yeah, yeah. Um, and you know again I'm with you if I don't need something I'm not going to carry it um, you know we we do do without the coffee we don't take you know a bottle of wine or um, any kind of version of wine um, with us on a hike and that's part of being out on the trail and that's part of, you know, experiencing something completely different to what you would experience when you're at home. And, you know, often that becomes the the why. If you if you can't have that why with a bit of interesting trail and a you know, some great scenery, then then I struggle with the why. <laughs> Now, the other thing I've noticed, uh, and this has always been very obvious to me, even 20 or 30 or 30 years ago, um, there are a lot of older people out on trail. And by older, I'm talking about, I say Our older. Age. <laughs> well, no, I say older rather than old here, people in their 70s. And even when I did the Bibbleman track, I came across a number of mainly males, but older males in their 70s who may not, may not have been traveling as fast as everybody. Um, but I talked to one gentleman who had uh, done the Bibbleman track multiple times, and the second time he did it, uh, and this was this was past that stage, he did it in twenty seven days. I did it in thirty five days as someone much uh, much younger at that stage than you know the people in their seventies. So it's the sort of thing that I'm regularly overtaken by people in their late 60s and 70s. Uh, they're just super fit. They've been doing hiking all their life and they just motor along and have no issue at all with, with any physical injuries or fatigue. Uh, and it just amazes me, these people that can go through and do that. Now, if you go to the written version of this podcast, there is a link to a YouTube video for a US hiker whose name on trail is Nimble Will Nomad. He's in his 80s. He has done some of the American long trails multiple times, and pretty much that's what he does. He's retired. Uh, pretty much what he does is long-distance hike. 
Now, he has slowed down in the last few years. I've listened to a later interview with him, and he said, you know, he's not doing as as many multiple uh, trails as he used to. Uh, but you know, he just keeps on going, uh, and he loves what he's doing. He loves loves that this is what his life has become. Yeah, I think that's fantastic, and and I think you know, as as we do get older, we just find the thing that works for us, depending on where we are and what kind of health issues that we have to work with and what kind of ambition uh, that we have in terms of our hiking and. And I suppose the answer to the question is, you know, is age a barrier? Well, no, and it shouldn't be, and don't let it be. Yeah, I think to a great extent, it's um, it is as Jill said. It, it there's unless there's some medical reason for it to be a barrier, rather than you just happen to be older than everybody else, it it shouldn't be a barrier. So for me, it falls into the category of you can't stop getting old. You don't have to be old. No, no, and I think that's that's the thing. Yeah, you know, there's if if you are new to hiking um, or are thinking about getting into hiking, and you're worried about age or health or whatever reasons. Again, if it's a health issue, go and see a doctor. Uh, but start out easy. Pick some easy walks. Pick some shorter walks. Walk around the neighbourhood. Uh, and then start building up to that. If you're an experienced hiker, like so many people I see on trail are, uh, whatever your body is going to let you keep on hiking. Keep doing it. Keep, keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, it might mean that you are doing things slightly differently. And I I, I was talking to someone about a, a mutual acquaintance we have, and they, uh, they said that uh, uh, as they've gotten older, uh, they've started to carry a few more luxury items. So he was carrying one of the uh, uh, the ultra lightweight camping chairs now, uh, just so he didn't have to get himself up off the ground. Uh, and I must admit, from me, my pers- my perspective, I'm always on lookout for the appropriate rock or log, uh, and I will spend an hour looking for a log uh, that's the, that's just right, so I can go through and sit down and have a break. And it drives me insane because because it's it. This is how it goes. We're walking along, and it's. You know, during the next half hour, can you find a log or a rock to sit on? Uh, and it's it's the Goldilocks thing. It's got to be the right height, the right place, not too not too wet. Um, it just goes on. Uh, whereas uh, I'll just squat anywhere. I'll park. I'll lean. Uh, whatever, but not Tim. <laughs> Seriously, we're going to have to um, we're going to have to film that one day because people will not believe what goes on to find the right spot for Tim to sit. It's an art form. <laughs> it's frustrating. Okay, so ultimately, what it comes down to that age in itself is not a barrier to hiking unless there's some underlying condition that isn't necessarily age related. So, if you want to get out on trail, if you want to keep on hiking, if you want to start hiking, go for it. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me. This is episode 258 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode... Don't tell me it's going to be one of those days.